Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to Office Hours with David Meltzer. I am not David Meltzer. Uh, <laughs> David and I usually host this show uh, on uh, this hour every Thursday. Uh, he is actually on his way back from Portugal um, where he was at a conference. So he's in the air right now. So just kind of wave at him and uh, he'll be uh, landing in Newark a little bit later this afternoon. So that being said, I am absolutely jazzed about what we've got lined up here for you today. Uh, we got three just absolutely incredible guests and I'm going to launch with uh, a fellow that I've known for a, a while now. As a matter of fact, I was at his wedding um, and <laughs> which goes back a little bit of time. Uh, but Kyle Kaiser is the uh, CEO of a company, fascinating company called RX Review. And if you are questioning pharma, if you're questioning price tra uh, transparencies with, with your drugs, uh, with the purchasing, with just kind of how all of this works, you're going to want to hear what Kyle has to say because they are leading the charge. Our X review is actually leading the charge on doing some fascinatingly innovative things in this space. So, Kyle, welcome to the show. Thanks, Blaine. It's good to see you. Yeah. Um, RX Review, why don't you uh, just give us a real quick <laughs> synopsis of what you do and how you do it, and then we'll just kind of go down whatever rapid hole that kind of opens up. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, our reviews focused on delivering cost and coverage insights that are patient-specific, time-specific, and location-specific in the workflows of physicians when they're making those choices. So before we existed and before this type of technology was available, doctors were making, per were making purchasing decisions on behalf of patients without any insight into how much those things cost, if there were restrictions based on your insurance, if there were restrictions based on location. And so what we're doing is bringing that data from your health insurance company, from your PBM, whoever sort of adjudicates that claim into the decision-making workflow so that the, the prescriber can see, in, in the case of a drug, uh, the price, the right location, and any alternatives that might be available as the last thing they see before they sign that order. You know, um, I remember when uh, my late wife uh, was being treated for cancer and when she was first diagnosed, um, had multiple myeloma, and we got a script for um, a drug. And so I was kind of like, okay, we'll get, go get this filled. I mean, the doctor just handed it to me. The bill for that one month supply was $5,000. And I mean, and you talk about sticker shock. Yeah. Like, what? And, you know, my insurance covered that first one, but immediately we were out of, uh, and then we capped and, and uh, yeah, then it was a, just a fascinating exploration about where do we go from here? And Absolutely. the doc really couldn't help us a whole lot because he didn't have access to some of the information that you're providing right now. Yeah, and um, you know, the, the two really important things to know about that scenario too is that one, that um, they, they don't know, and there are several scenarios where there are therapeutically equivalent choices that just, yeah. the, for whatever reason, your insurer may have a preference on that. That might be sort of how they've contracted to keep costs down. And all we're trying to do is deliver that information into workflow so that they can consider that when making a decision. It's not that... It's not that prescribers or physicians don't want to know this stuff. It's uh, it's it's impossible problem for them to solve because there's you know they, if they see forty patients in a day, then there's a there's some exponential number of permutations of what could be. 
you know, and that to me, I mean, I, the, the, the sick care industry that we've got, uh, it's not a health care, it's not a health providing industry. Uh, and I can get on the soapbox around that one too, but I'm, I'm just, you know, the, the idea of transparency first and foremost, as a mechanism by which we can begin to level the playing field a bit. And one of the things that I was really struck by with, uh, with your organization, um, you know, RX review is, and yeah, you know, the way that you're able to interject into the workflow. I mean For that. Sure. I mean, so the algorithm that you've built and the platform that you've got set up on this, yeah, it's it's not an imposition that the doc right. has got to go someplace else and now, now to go do some research. It's right in the middle of what they're doing on a day to day basis when in the consultation with the patient. Absolutely, yeah, and there and there was a sort of a precursor to our company. There was an effort around price transparency to deliver that to, uh, you know, insured members. Really, was the first wave of price transparency, right. uh, which is important, and and I think that's that should be done. And obviously, you know, we want to empower patients or members or consumers wherever they're trying to make those choices. Uh, but the value of that type of work was really limited, and mm -hmm. and it's really because if you think about it, it, it all comes down to trust. Is that the trust is between the provider. And that patient, like I seek out conversations with my provider. I tolerate conversations yeah. from my health insurance company. And so what we yeah. want to do is, is empower that encounter, right? Because that's, that's yeah. what you're going to go. That's who you want to help solve your problem because you trust that they have your best interest at heart, that they, not that the insurance doesn't, it's just that, that, that relationship is the one that's giving you care. It's, it's where yeah. we need to deliver the information. Well, yeah, and yeah, you 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 didn't. I mean, politically correct and all that stuff. The insurance provider doesn't care, <laughs> in my experience. Uh, what they care about is is something other than my health and well being, based on my own experience. Uh, and that's neither here nor there. But what what I'm interested in is um, by bringing that kind of transparency. Do you also affect in any way, shape, or form the negotiation piece between the providers and the payers? Well, um, no, that's kind of a you know, sideball yeah. question, but no, no, it's a great question. So I, really it's that this, this type of tool, these types of services. So whether that's connecting into gaps in care, whether that's connecting into cost and coverage information around procedures, whether that's connecting into drug price transparency, this becomes essential software for providers as they start to bear risk. So the, the overarching mm -hmm. trend is that the, the health plans want to distribute that risk to the health, the provider organizations that are delivering the care. And so now right. it's, um, it's, it's up to the provider organization to say, here's your fee to manage the care for Kyle Kaiser for the year. And uh, these types of tools are just, you know, they become mission critical tools because without the ability to understand cost and coverage information, which com directly connects to the cost of goods in healthcare, exactly. that it, you just can't, you can't do the work, right? And so that it, it's no—it's our tools sort of come into play as a as a necessary tool as healthcare reforms and is renegotiated in a value-based world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got what over two hundred thousand providers that are working with you right now. Is is that you know, yeah? If I understood that statistic right, and and you in the last two years, you know, you've actually facilitated the completion of over sixty million prescription transactions. We may be north of that now. Yeah, we're, we're about four million a month on a run rate basis. So, all right. So, how did 
I mean, you know, I'm very, I'm always interested in, in terms of the entree. Yeah. How did you get positioned? Because I mean, 200,000 is a pretty good user base. Um, yep. How did you get positioned and how are you looking to leverage this going forward to broaden yeah. that impact? We've, we like many young companies have had a little bit of a winding road to get here. We, we really thought, you know, initially we would be a consumer facing tool. It just made sense that if you're a consumer yeah. trying to make decisions, you want this information. I think what we quickly found out was that it's it's difficult to get access to the right information, to the specific information. Even in the the good RXs of the world are showing you a price, but they're showing you a good RX price, not your insured price. And and what we saw a need for was your insured price needs to be more transparent. And uh, where we aligned really well with insurance companies and PBMs was that informing that prescriber at the point of care was a need they had and a need we were pursuing. So uh, that was kind of how we shifted from uh, individual facing, consumer facing to point of care tool. Um, we, at the same time, started to really closely collaborate with the University of Colorado Health System. And uh -huh. I can't, can't say enough about how how important that collaboration has been for us and how important uh, aligning with the provider organizations has been for us. Um, and and so we were working closely with them to, to study behavior change, to, to look at how we can change provider decision-making with different information towards a lower cost end. And that sort of created the right natural collaboration between us and the insurer and the PBM. And we started to that, do that at small scale and it sort of it grew from there. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've, I've actually lectured at uh, UC, uh, University of Colorado Health, uh, for a couple of years. Oh, uh, and they are, yeah, they're a great organization. Um, so, yeah, essentially what I heard you say with that is that, you know, if I take a, take a look at a three-legged uh, stool approach, you needed to have, uh, yeah, essentially uh, UC you know, provided that basis for you. But the, the, second, leg of the uh, second leg of a stool that then allowed you to get into the, the, uh, the, uh, the other side with, with uh, uh, reputational uh, chops. It's kind of like they're with us. So That's right. now, yeah, That's the, so the, as an upgrade, yeah. It's a multi-sided network business, right? And in healthcare, those are really hard yeah. to build because the the tool's right. not really relevant to a provider until you have the right data. And the you know the, those who hold the data, in this case, the, the health plans or the PBMs, only want to provide that if you have the users. So it's you can't get the users till you get the data, and you can't get the data till you get the users. So you really have to to find a, a friendly collaborator to help with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, where can people find out more about, and I'm talking about this as a B2C, you know, you know on the C side of the B, uh, where can people find out, number one, if their you know, GP, if their provider has actually got access to what it is that you're providing, and also what can they do to, if they don't, make something happen around that? Yeah, we so we work closely with uh, Epic Cerner and Athena Health as as EMR partners. Okay. So we're, we're an embedded component of, of those different electronic health record systems. So if your provider is using one of those, then, then uh, it's likely that you're using our tool. Um, and, you know, if they're, if they're not, I think, you know, I, I've recently had some experience in a healthcare system and it was amazing just to have conversations with them. And, and naturally you start to talk about what it is that I do for a living and what the company does. And, and it's amazing to see providers eyes light up with hunger for this. Like, Oh my gosh, that's a thing we've needed forever. And yeah. so really just socializing this with uh, with the providers if, as, you know, consumers, um, 
with the providers you see, because I think there's a, a one misnomer is there early on in this world. It was uh, there was a thought that the providers didn't want to be burdened with this additional information, which I think we've yeah. disproven. And yeah, uh, we've seen even some health systems have done some surveying and said the number one requested thing is price transparency around medications. So from a provider. So I think, you know, socializing that with the provider community is always really, really important and helpful because that's that's ultimately the like I said, the trusted relationship is the patient provider relationship. That's the most leverage in the industry. It absolutely is. Yeah. So um, folks can find out more about you directly by going to rxreview.com. That's right. Yep. Rx, Rx, as in drug, rxreview, R-E-V-U.com. So uh, Kyle, I want to thank you. Uh, folks, check check that place out. Yeah, check the site out. And uh, if you've got an occasion to visit your doc uh, and they're using, <laughs> if they're using Epic or somebody else, I mean, not that you would know that necessarily, but that's how they keep their records. Uh, yeah, ask them if they uh, are, are using this because, you know, the, the transparency of the drugs, you know, the transparency of, transparency of the price for the drugs allows you to be competitive in terms of what you're actually consuming. I mean, so take advantage of that and have your doc take advantage of it if they aren't already doing it. Absolutely. We'd, uh, we'd welcome that conversation. And um, yeah, sunlight's the greatest antiseptic. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay, my friend, thank you. And give right, a big hug to Carly and uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, you got it. Thanks, Blaine. Good to see you. Right, you bet. Take care, Kyle. Kyle Kaiser, RX Review. Absolutely check it out. This is, uh, yeah. when we start looking at how innovation happens, innovation happens because there's a need that's identified. And when there's a need identified, uh, then you can actually start to go to market in some interesting ways, but you're not going to do it by yourself. One of the things that I really liked about what uh, RX Review has done, and Kyle has led the charge on this to a significant degree, it has to do with how I define leadership. You know, co-creating coordinated movement. In the co-creation, they partnered up with the University of Colorado to do this. Co-creating coordinated movement starts to get the ball rolling. And that is a leadership dynamic. That's exactly what leaders do. They co-create coordinated movement. So um, I think it's time for us to go to our next guest. And here he is, Yona Stern. And he is the CEO of a company called Hapbee. And I'm going to kind of lean down here real quick because I've got my little headset here. Looks Happy great. Is, Looks great, Blaine. If you, want, if you want to find a way to manage your mood state, if you want to find a way to actually get in front of how you're feeling during the day and keep yourself in front of how you're doing in the day, um, mood is everything. I mean, it really is. It, it uh, will influence you in so many ways. Uh, you know, Joe Dispenza uh, talks about you, know, you have to think greater than you feel. And for many of us, uh, the, the feeling state that we occupy on a habitual basis tends to be our mood. And if you want to elevate a mood so you're productive or if you want to start to dampen things down so you can actually go to sleep, um, Happy has got a prescription for you. And I don't mean from a drug perspective. I mean, from a very fascinating Star Trek type of a modality, it is a fascinating way to actually work. So, Yona, welcome to the show. Thank you so much and appreciate you having us. Uh, um, super excited to be here. 
Well, yeah. Why don't you give us eight bars real quick on you know, number one? What happy is it's a consumer, you know, it's a consumer product. Uh, yep. And it uh, came out of, you know, in full disclosure, I'm a, uh, an investor in the parent company, uh, Emulate Therapies. Um, but there's some fascinating technology behind this little headband that uh, yeah you know it, it it it's it's quite remarkable um, I, I will be the first to say that um when i first encountered happy and i joined as ceo of the company uh about four and a half months ago and before joining the company when i first encountered happy my first reaction was too good to be true yep. and that sounds like something i saw Growing up, when I was a big Star Trek fan, and I used to watch uh, Doctor McCoy, my favorite character. Um, he used to Just flash doctor, this little yeah. thing. Just yeah, he used to flash this little thing that was a. They used to call a medical tricorder, right? And and it, it had the ability uh, to beam substances into your body without you ingesting them, right? He could, mm -hmm. with waves, make you better. Now, I, I guess I'm just getting a little older, but it seems one by one, everything that I saw in Star Trek is starting to come true. Um, I never yeah. thought you'd be able to see people on a phone. I never thought you'd be able to charge things without wires. Um, and now, apparently, you can use um, waves to impart um, uh, an effect on uh, cells in your body. And basically, that's mm -hmm. what the guys at Emulate figured out almost 15 years ago, is yep. that, you know, like everything we ingest in our bodies is made up of molecules. I, I remember that from grade 10. Um, what I didn't understand and what nobody understood was that for most things that we ingest in our bodies, the reaction that elicits um, a, a feeling, a mood, um, is is not mechanical. It's not chemical. When you drink that cup of coffee in the morning, you smoke a cigarette. If you're a cigarette smoker, and, and because you're looking for the nicotine, which makes you focused, or if you're taking melatonin, um, all of those reactions are not chemical reactions. What actually is happening when you take those compounds in your body? Um, when you metabolize them, they release a, a, a signal. They, it's almost like a sensing thing that the bioreceptors in your body say, oh, compound present. I guess I should be alert. I guess I should get drowsy. I should guess I should have deep sleep. And I went through this really interesting uh, journey from skeptic to curious to uh, ambassador over the course of probably six weeks. And for me, the key moment, uh, look, I'm 59 years old. Uh, I was the guy who would go to sleep at 11 o'clock at night and wake up at 3.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I was up for an hour, an hour and a half. So, you know, dumb me, the first solution I figured was bourbon. I always figured bourbon's the solution for everything. So <laughs> hey, bourbon or red Scott. wine. We'll, 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 we'll arm wrestle on that one. <laughs> no worries. But, you know, the thing that I found out is actually makes things worse. Helps me fall asleep, but certainly um, makes it more difficult to stay asleep. And the first yeah. day I I got one of these, 
I put it under my pillow. I set it to deep sleep, which basically emulates the signal that your body would normally get from melatonin. And I slept till seven in the morning and I was amazed. And of course, I went back to the scientists and said, oh, I understand this. This is suggestive. This is placebo, right? And they were yeah. like, you know, Yona, we test this on animals. They don't understand placebo. Um, so uh, I was convinced um, the science is, as you know, Blaine, it is, is airtight. Um, what Happy is doing is pursuing and leveraging this technology and making it available to people on a non-prescriptive basis. So yeah. all of the things that ail us, sleep, focus, um, anxiety, um, performance, all of these, these things where, where we want to uh, achieve uh, uh, an, an elevated mind state or body state without ingesting chemicals um, yeah. and all of the side effects. That's what, that's what happy does. And we're on a mission. You know, and, and that's, you know, you mentioned side effects. That's, you know, when I actually, when I first invested in emulate, um, the, part of what got my attention was the, uh, you know, lack of contraindication in the signal. Uh, there, there, there were no side effects. Um, and, yeah, and I won't go down that emulate because that, that is truly a medical, I mean, they, they started treating geoblastoma and brain cancers and that sort of a thing. Where Happy has moved, and you, and you mentioned this, this is a consumer product. You know, it is non-prescribed. Yes. Um, and what you've also identified are the signals, and I think you've got 25 of them now. Uh, but yeah, the, we've the got big 25. Bucket. That's right. we got 25. Yeah, yeah. We call them blends. Um, yeah. We very, very much think about this as a lifestyle product. And, yes. you know, I, I mean, if I, have to, if I had to give the 30,000-foot elevator pitch, we're Spotify for how you feel. You've got an app. Right. This is I basically a device. That's great. Right? And, yeah. and you can choose a blend for doing email. Like I'm wearing um, a blend right now that's called Deep Work. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and and it, it allows me to focus without ingesting anything for just the period of time that I want to remain really, really focused and do work. You know, I, I know all of us um, in whatever pursuit, whether it's athletic, whether you're a student. By the way, my, my kids use this for studying. Um, you know, whether you're a professional, whatever work you need to do, I, I've always found it difficult to get into that flow state, that state yeah. where you're totally in the groove and you can basically achieve everything, you know, whether it's creative or professional or athletic, literally you could push a button and within 10 minutes, you're in whatever groove you want to be in. If you want to be relaxed, you want to be calm, you don't need to ingest anything. I got to tell you, Blaine, it's the most disruptive, most impactful um, yeah. consumer tech I have ever encountered. And I was there when e-commerce was starting in 99, like the first yep. websites. I was there. Uh, I was beyond there the, beyond the rack, yeah. with, with wireless. <laughs> I was there uh, kind of with the second wave of e-commerce. I was there with mobility services. So I've seen a lot of these hockey sticks. And the one thing that convinced me more so than anything else was when I started talking to customers. And I did that before joining the company. I'd never encountered a group of customers that was more, more passionate 
about the product than I had when I saw Happy. And I was like, I, I got to do this. You know, I, I was talking to Dave Asbury, uh, you know, the, the bulletproof uh, guy, you know, and hacker, you know, bi biohacker extraordinaire. And he was one of the very first endorsers of this. Uh, yeah. You know, when it first launched. And, you know, and, and Dave loves this thing. I mean, and I, you know, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but, you know, he actually, you know, has uh, endorsed this very strongly, as have a number of other, you know, quote unquote, celebrities. And this thing works. I mean, you've got patents on it. Um, it's and, and it's it's non-organic in the sense that you're not ingesting anything. So, again, there's no contraindications. And if, if you're, you know, guys, if, if, if you're looking to really get yourself focused or if you're looking for a mechanism by which you can actually nod off to a good night's sleep, um, there's three buckets. Well, and there's more than three, 25 signals, but they kind of land in three major buckets, focus, sleep, and um, uh, relaxation. Calm. Yeah, that's right. Calm, yeah. So, yeah, if you want to, you know, before a big meeting, you know, I'll set, you know, I'll actually strap this on before a big meeting just to kind of level set. And it just kind of, there's a chill state. You know, it's funny. We, since joining the company, we've, you know, we've benefited yeah. from a, a lot of word of mouth. Most of the, most of the product that we, we, we sell is people telling other people, hearing about it on, on podcasts and, and, and the such. And um, an interesting thing that has happened is we're getting a lot of inbounds from, from kind of three core groups. People who are very much focused on wellness, both wellness professionals and and the people in and around biohacking and wellness and 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 and, and the such. So a, a lot of people there, they understand the fundamentals of it. They understand how different this is from everything else. Um, and so I would say that's a, that's that's a group of highly educated um, uh, and well-informed early adopters. Dave would be. A perfect example knows the difference between real and pretend um and mm -hmm. that's an amazing place for us to start the other two groups which are also really interesting um we've got a lot of inbounds from and i, I can't name the names but yeah pro sports yeah. teams yeah because those guys are looking they're always looking for an edge they're always looking for, like the delta between um success and failure there is uh, you know, a couple of turns of the dial towards optimal performance in it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's physical, but oftentimes think about golfers, think about people in pro, in pro football. It's, it's right here. Right. And so yeah. it's about achieving mm -hmm. the optimal state, not too high, not too low. And um, we're, we're getting a lot of, of folks who are pro athletes using the product for one of two reasons. One is to achieve and maintain optimal mental state the other one is um recovery and sleep is probably the single most important recovery yeah. tool that the human body has and 65 66 percent of americans have problems either falling asleep or staying asleep as, as, as i did so that's the second yeah. group and again for me that was a that was a key check mark i was like wait a second people for whom this makes a material difference in their livelihood are coming to us as an alternative to chemical substances to achieve something like that, which, which obviously are very deleterious and have negative side effects. And then the third one, um, and this one's near and dear to my heart, um, are military veterans. We have a mm -hmm. growing community of military vets 
Um, and if, if you don't mind, I'd like to share a small story. Absolutely. Yeah, please. I got a LinkedIn and, and I'll, I'll keep her name private. Uh, I'm sure if, if and when she sees this, she says, you could have said my name. But uh, I got an inbound probably three or four weeks on the job uh, from somebody who watched, uh, listening to a podcast. Um, she runs um, a spousal support group, one of the largest spousal support groups for military vets uh, in the United States. And she said, Yona, there are 19 million um, retired uh, non-active duty uh, military veterans, not including families, as spouses and families. And you've got a massive community, like 50, 60 million people. And we're suffering. Yep. What just happened in Afghanistan, this is not a political thing, but just a reality thing, has exacerbated the situation. And, you know, sleep is a big problem. Anxiety is a big problem. Yeah. And simply being able to reorient to society, going from, you know, and something that I had little appreciation for before, but I've spoken to a bunch of vets who use our, our product and use our service, describing to me what it feels like living in Fortnite. Yeah. Living inside yeah. of an amped first shooter game. It's not pretend. It's not you're not in a basement quaffing Red Bull. You're walking down the streets with enemy enemy combatants. Mm -hmm. And going from that to trying to reintegrate into society. Yep. Where you're operating at 12 on 10 every day and every night while in active duty and then coming back and trying to reintegrate into society and looking for a means to achieve even baseline. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Um, what unfortunately the medical infrastructure offers as an alternative is chemical right yep self-medicate or medicate it's yep. it as you know it causes as much damage as it gives benefit addiction and i mean i i don't need to go there and so she said we're at our wits end we're we're clutching at straws for alternatives um that don't carry these side effects and we discovered your product by sheer fluke and there's a growing group of us can you it. help us figure out a way to reach a broader audience, make this more accessible? And we've made that a core tenet of what we're doing as a company is yeah. working with veterans groups, um, spousal groups, uh, physicians and wellness counselors that are working with veterans. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's strange it's a strange and and um, really reaffirming for me as a as an entrepreneur and a business leader to be able to wake up every morning and know that what I do every day to build my business improves people's lives. Yeah, and that I and don't that, need to I mean, segment yeah. that, right? You know, I don't I don't need to say, yeah. oh, I'm going to do business Monday to Friday, and then I'm going to be. Yeah philanthropist, good person, 
community-minded person nights and weekends. When you can combine that, and I can tell you, it's been the easiest recruiting job I've ever had in my life, uh, is building a core team to come join me on this journey. Because once they feel it, and once they see how many lives we're impacting, everybody's saying, oh my God, it's what I've been looking for for 25 years. Absolutely. And that is the purpose of business. The purpose of business is to uplift the experience of being alive on this planet. And what HAPB does, and I started with this and I'll end with this, the, you know, what, what you do is you enable the process of being able to think greater than I feel. I mean, I mean, that's essentially what comes you into play it. with this. Think, I think greater than I feel. And if my mood state is not serving me, how can I alter it without you know, side effects? You know, I don't want to go down an oxy road. I don't want to go down, um, you know, all apologies to you, a bourbon road. Uh, I might go down a scotch road, but <laughs> we're talking uh, here with the CEO of a company called Happy, and it's spelled H-A-P-B-E-E, happy.com. And yeah, check it out, H-A-P-B-E-E.com. Yona, I want to thank you, Yona Stern, CEO. Thank uh, you very much. Great interview. And anything that David and I can do, David or I can do, uh, to facilitate the work you're doing with the vets, let us know for sure. Thank you. I've got, got a, a comprehensive list. Everything. And uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. You bet. You bet. Thanks, Yona. Wow. So, folks, I mean... Shameless plug here. I've been using this since it came out. I was uh, uh, very excited about the possibility, and I haven't been disappointed. So this is something that's uh, well worth checking out. Uh, and uh, I'm not invested in Happy. Like I said, I am invested in the parent company. Uh, so just kind of take that as a caveat, and uh, <laughs> and we just kind of work from there. Um, and just kind of, there's a not a natural segue here, but uh, we're talking about engagement in a large in large part. And uh, my next guest right now uh, is the uh, founder, and uh, and I love this title. I absolutely love this title, the Chief Delivery Officer of Engagency, <laughs> Carla Romain. Welcome, Carla. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I have been looking forward to this uh, all week. Uh, yeah, and uh, I love the way that you've pre-promoted. I mean, I'm just going to talk about this very briefly. Pre-promoted on LinkedIn. It's kind of all of a sudden I started getting all these pings. Yeah, I'm going to be on the show. I'm going to be on the show, and I'm going, wow, nobody does this. And this is really kind of cool. And yeah, I'm a great PR person. Yeah, you do. You've got a great PR person, but engagement, engagement, and this is what engagement is all about. Um, and yeah, I would butcher it if I tried to describe it. So why don't I just kind of give you the floor here right now and give us you know, the, the eight bar you know, kind of, you know, not a, a slow elevator, a slow elevator okay. pitch. Okay, so I'll give you more time than, than the five seconds. <laughs> sure, sure. So engagement yeah, is all about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we help people, um, we help Fortune 1000s um, build websites, basically, but we do it with some very interesting platforms that are enterprise level, mostly Sitecore and Optimizely. And what's great about them is they have these platforms that make it easy to create very complex sites, but they also bring in a level of you know, personalization and uh, engagement profiling um, on the website. So it actually helps you know, engage your users. So our name was um, pretty apt and a little ahead of the time. <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, and, and you actually started this. I mean, this is so, it's so cliche, but you started this not in a garage. Well, you did. It's a garage based bootstrap business. And you started it in your basement in 2002. Um, That's right. What was what was the catalyst? I mean, what, what did you notice that you said, I can't not do this? Well, I think the catalyst was really my partner and I just felt like we could do things better. Everywhere we worked, mm -hmm. it felt like, you know, I wouldn't do it that way. And after about yeah. five years of that, we decided, well, why don't we just do it ourselves? Let's see what we can do. And um, we have really complementary skill sets. So he is, you know, kind of the, the big idea person and I'm more of the get it done girl. So having yeah. us together kind of, it just made a lot of sense. And so we started slowly, you know, in our basement and, you know, went through a number of different you know, clients and projects and built up a team of people. Um, and eventually we found Sitecore and found that, you know, working with enterprise clients made a whole lot more sense. Um, they're a lot more stable and that helped us get into an office space and um, kind of started moving up in the world. And then we moved to Austin, Texas and had a much better ability to attract talent. And so we've just been growing ever since. Yeah. And and you're just you've just opened a new office in uh, D.C. If I understand yes. correctly, yes, yeah. yes, we have. And, We've got a sales support yeah. office there. <laughs> so, yeah, it, why don't you talk a little bit about that? I mean, you know, Sitecore, you know, first of all, is a system that you know you can use to implement all kinds of stuff, I mean, particularly the you know, the digital uh, ecosystem in the organization. But as you're branching out, you know, you've got a brick and mortar site in D.C. You know what? compelled you to, you know, just kind of take that step and move outside of where you're at in, uh, in your home base. Yeah, absolutely. So we moved towards the East Coast because there's just a ton of business there. Um, there's also a lot of talent there, so it's good to attract uh, talent if we've got a, an office there as well. Um, and so, and, and also the person that we found to run our um, uh, revenue operations is based in the DC area. So it was a natural fit for us to go ahead and open an office and, you know, really leverage that space to attract more, you know, clients that are within that area. So. Good. Now, it, are, does Engagency, I mean, it's enterprise based, but, you know, when I'm talking enterprise, how small will you actually go? Um. We like for people to be making about 500 million in revenue or more. Um, we uh -huh. find that a company that is smaller than that just doesn't have the budget to, or the need, frankly, to invest the need, in, yeah. Yeah, in, in a, a very serious content management system. I mean, WordPress has come a long way and serves the needs of yeah. a lot of people. But when you get to a really enterprise level, you're looking at something very different. You're looking at content that's managed across the, the company, not just you know, centralized in a marketing team. Um, you're talking about, you know, needing permissions and uh, different approval processes, you know, and it becomes a lot more complex. Um, yep. So those are the types of, of clients that we're looking for. Um, oftentimes we're working with clients that might have an international presence. So they need multi-language, multi-region functionality. Um, so yeah, those are the, those are the types of clients we're <laughs> serving right now. Yeah. So, both internet as well as intranet, if I just couldn't put it in lay terms. You know, you're, you're Mostly kind of, internet, but a little bit of intranet as well. So yeah. a lot of times so once you get a license, you can use it for several things. And so it makes sense to you know, keep all of your 
resources trained up on one thing, especially if it's going to be uh, complex to, to train them on something. Yeah, I love that. So what, what's the biggest challenge that you're finding right now and the biggest opportunity? And they may be the same. <laughs> but <I'll> just, yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Um, <laughs> right now, I would say the biggest challenge is just um, the change to the workplace that COVID has, has really made especially on the technology industry. So now we have, um, everybody wants to work from home. They don't want to come back to the office. And I don't blame them, but working from home is fantastic. And, you know, nobody is more poised to work from home than the technology industry. Everybody is already yep. sort of, you know, at their computers and um, barely talking to each other anyway. <laughs> you know, um, so it makes a lot of sense. However, it's done something very interesting in our industry because now you can find people that don't live in your backyard. So it opens up the opportunity, but it also does that for everyone else. So it doesn't necessarily help you when you're trying to find talent. So finding talent can be pretty challenging, but on the other hand, um, we can now look for it all over the country instead of just you know Austin, Texas or Washington, DC. So. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're kind of leading the, uh, you know, with a doff of the hat to Facebook and the meta universe and all that other stuff. I mean, I'm going to put that aside here, but in terms of AI, um, engagency, I mean, you're really leveraging the potential of AI and a lot of what you're doing right now. Um, mm -hmm. And I've got a hunch that it's you know, relatively nascent in terms of how you're you know, actually working. What do you see in the future as you look, you know, say, three years down the road? And I won't go out 10 or five, but just about three years out. What are you seeing in, in terms of what AI is enabling and mm -hmm. changing? Yeah, I would say that, you know, on the web, there's been this promise for a while of really being able to target um, information to people based on their specific, um, uh, you know, preferences. And that has been true only in a very small number of, of places. So mm -hmm. Amazon and, and places like that that are huge and they have their own technology that is really driving that. What we're seeing change is that 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 promise of you know AI is starting to come to fruition. What's happening in the market, um, you know, in the content management system area, um, we're finding that personalization is getting easier and easier to actually implement. So where it used to be pretty complex, you had to do a lot mm -hmm. of planning, you had to do a lot of thinking. Now what's happening is you have um, Sitecore and Optimize, they both have services that are doing a lot of the analysis for you. And so they are making suggestions you know, to the implementers as to what actually uh, are you know, pieces of information that could be um, used to personalize information on the website. So, it's becoming a reality and it's becoming very interesting. Um, so we're very, very excited about it because up until this point, you know, you take hours and hours to try to make personalization work. And, and now you can actually kind of turn it on within 20 minutes. <laughs> now, now, say that yeah. again. I mean, that that's really it's powerful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you have um, something that you can, you know, look at and see what your users are doing, and the systems are getting to this point now, they can really right. see, you know, what are people looking at? What is this particular person looking at? What are the patterns? And if they're interested in this, maybe it's related to this other thing, because I see it next to it all the time, and it'll, it'll push things, you know, towards them. So it becomes a lot 
more like the e-commerce experience that we're all used to. At this point, mm -hmm. we're all taking it for granted that, you know, Amazon's going to tell us, you know, other people like this too, or you may also like, and, and it understands how to create an algorithm for that. It's been a, a lot trickier when it comes to you know, websites. Um, you're looking at something on the website and what is related to that and how do you figure that out? Well, that's where, you know, AI is coming in and it's helping to make those relationships faster because it's a lot of data to process to get to that yeah. point. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then you run into, yeah, secure pages and private pages and, you know, people going dark and all kinds of stuff. It's, it gets to be interesting. <laughs> So, I mean, and I mentioned that because, I mean, that's a kind of a fine line in terms of how data is used and, and people's permission to give that uh, access. And, and and it's not going to go away. I mean, no. you know, so I mean, it's absolutely not going to go away. So partly one of the things that I'm intrigued with with Engagency is just, you know, the, the integrity that you bring to the process and, you know, how you actually can... Uh, um, yeah, I, mean, I won't use the word guarantee, but how you can facilitate people having choice in the process in a way that is holistically generative. Yes. Holistically so, generative. Oh. <laughs> I would say that, you know, the European countries have definitely mm -hmm. uh, pushed the envelope there with, you know, the GDPR laws that they yep. put into place. And what we're seeing here in the States is, you know, California has already put legislation into place and we're going to yeah. see a lot more of that um so you're seeing a whole bunch of companies popping up that are helping to facilitate that and as an implementer you know of you know Sitecore and optimizely we're looking to integrate you know those systems together to make sure that people are actually uh, you know giving their permission for certain things and it's become very granular so it's not just yeah you can put some information on it but now you can select whether or not you have ads or remarketing happening um, as a result of the cookies that are being collected by you. So then you've got certain, you know, cookies, you know, the little bits of information that are stored um, in case people don't know. Um, you know, you can have the. We're not talking uh, chocolate chip here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you can have these that are, you know, basic to running the site. You can't run the site yeah. without it. So, you know, differentiating between, you know, what is necessary, what is not necessary, what is marketing, what is not marketing um, is, is extremely helpful. But the other things that are happening are we're looking at people want to have access to their information or the ability to remove their information. Um, so there's yeah. all sorts of laws around that as well. And there's also laws around, you know, how you have a process you have to actually have a process in place for how you would remove somebody how you would get them out of your system um, and it's illegal not to have that so i'm encouraged to see that um, for sure because you know i've been in the internet business for over 20 years now and i remember it was sort of the wild west when it started out so oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think it's important that we're protecting people's you know privacy for sure yeah and, and to the point, you know, that's both the challenge and the opportunity here. I mean, if you can, if you can crack that code in a very you know, holistic way, uh, that's this is good news for everybody that's involved. Yes. So, yes. Carla, where, where can folks find out more information about Engagency? Uh, it's it's pretty simple. I think we've been posting it yeah. here, but Engagency.com. Uh, what would you like them to look for? Yeah, yeah, Engagency.com. 
Yeah, so basically if you have a need for, you know, an enterprise website or you're looking for a job in tech, um, engagement.com would be a great place to look. Okay. <laughs> Guest here has been uh, Carla Romaine, CEO, co-founder, and, and uh, oh, I said CEO. You're actually co-founder and I love this, Chief Delivery Officer. <laughs> Chief Delivery, the CDO, the Chief Delivery <laughs> Officer. Carla. Thank you so much. This has been a great interview. I love what you guys are up to. Absolutely fascinating. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. Take care. And that is where we're closing off. Uh, I've got a takeaway, and it has to do uh, with just the nature of uh, engagement. What does it facilitate? Yeah, engagement, I think I'll you know, just kind of riff off of that. Um, you know, the, the chief delivery officer, what are you delivering? And the idea of delivering price transparency uh, in the pharmaceutical business, uh, you know, or what's the cost of the drug that you're going to be asked to you know, take that script down to the pharmacy to fill up? Don't you, you know, does your doc even know about it? So all of this is about engagement. And then what Happy is, is looking at also is, you know, how do I connect with myself in a way that is um, not toxic? And I mean that. You know, I mean this little this little tool. Um, I want to be able to think greater than I feel. And with the stuff that we have going on around us today, people are feeling a lot of things that uh, they can actually mitigate. So that's my takeaway from uh, uh, today's uh, office hours. And this has been office hours with Blaine Bartlett, not with David Meltzer. Um, and you can find out more about what I'm up to. Uh, at uh, both BlaineBartlett.com, but specifically my mastermind is uh, LearnBlaineBartlett.com slash uh, forward slash LMM. That's my leadership mindset mastermind. So I would encourage you to check that out as well. And next week, David and I both will be back Thursday afternoon. Um, I think it's Thursday afternoon next week, Matt. Uh, it may actually be 5 a.m. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me just real quickly take a look at that. It is, it's 5 a.m. Pacific time next Thursday. So we're going to be starting off early. So want to thank you for listening and, um, tune in and David sends his best and, uh, have a great rest of your week, folks. Take care. <laughs>